Ram Dama's Kingdom by Robert P. Fitton. Episode 17, The Collapse of the Ram Dama. Utero Grande was covered by a panorama of stars. In the dead of night, there were only a few lights on, mostly in the palace and surrounding courtyard, and forces kept a silent vigil at the entrances. Everyone, including the leader of the worldwide church, lay sleeping. A gentle breeze moved in from the forest and up over the courtyard bushes. Everything was quiescent, but the appearances were deceiving. Deep in the forest, a single helicopter had landed less than an hour before. A camp had been set up inside in a small clearing, and elite commandos clad in battle fatigues stationed themselves around the encampment. They were well-armed, grenades and explosives on their belts, with high-powered automatic weapons strapped to their shoulders. They waited for their orders in what they considered an easy operation. General Kellogg, although his presence at the spaceport was negligible, had emerged from the chopper in full command. Like his men, he was dressed for combat and excited to be away from his desk and itching for action. Okay, men, I've just woken up to his royal majesty. He's ready for what is certain to be a routine rescue. He'll follow everything from the communications room he said as his men put on their helmets. Johnson, where are you? Right here, General, said the stocky lieutenant as he came forward. You have your orders, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. We'll hit the power chamber first and then proceed directly up to the cages. We bring McGee and the woman to the chopper. Exactly. We'll lift out of here as soon as we have confirmation of a power cutoff. Time to the courtyard landing, three minutes and 40 seconds. Yes, sir. What about the random R? I'm afraid our dear friend is in for a little surprise. And he'll remain in the communications room, asked Johnson. Right. If he moves out of there, feel free to kill him on the spot. He's outlived his usefulness. Understood, General, answered Johnson, lifting his gun over his shoulder. All right, man, let's move out. The Ram Dama, surrounded by his visionaries, was in a very relaxed state. Inside the communications room, they had served a very old wine and drank it out of gold goblets as they watched the screen. A very efficient group of individuals, this SIA force, he said to his followers. I would say this is one of their more easy missions. You haven't informed all the enforcers. Many may die, said one of his visionaries. Men die all the time, he philosophized. The general has informed me of the critical nature of this mission. There are things involved here that neither you or he will be able to comprehend. I don't understand, Majesty. This is a final act, a compilation of planning between the general and myself. If a few men die in the process, that is incidental. Johnson to base, Johnson to base. Go ahead, Lieutenant. Said Kellogg over the scrambled frequency. We're at the top of the base of the Palace Hill. He said as he looked over the grassy slope to the bushes high above them. The outline of the dome and the marble staircases to the side were clearly visible. Roger, check enforcer positions and proceed. We're standing by. Copy, base. Johnson looked down at the small readout screen held by one of his men. The enforcers now showed up very clearly as red dots. He nodded and they charged up the grassy slope. From behind the bushes, they took their own positions. Each man pinpointed his target. Johnson gave the order and the rifles exploded. 
One by one, the red dots disappeared from the screen. The enforcers had been dislodged, being no match for the superior commando force, and Johnson led them into the courtyard. They stormed the palace. In seconds, they were moving down the staircase to the power chamber. More enforcers were mowed down by gunfire, but several commandos had also been hit. A shooting match had begun at the entrance to the chamber. Johnson, what the hell is going on? asked Kellogg, looking at his watch. General, strong resistance in the chamber. Blow those bastards up, for God's sakes. Blow the bastards up and get out of there. Yes, sir. Plan had changed. He had ordered most of the men up the stairs as two men came forward with a high-powered bazooka. Very quickly, they unloaded an explosive and jammed it into the barrel. Ready, sir, said the soldier, balancing the bazooka. Timer set for two minutes. Let it rip, said Johnson. The soldier fired the gun and the projectile made a whizzing noise across the chamber, finally embedding itself several feet into the wall next to the blue chamber rods. The enforcers tried to remove the shell, but to no avail. Up above, Johnson moved his men across the courtyard. They headed for the granite slab that led to the cages. They just opened up the area, and then the explosion rocked the whole area. Men lost their balance, and smoke jetted out of the palace bottom. All the lights in the palace went out. We just hit the dark side of the moon, General. Johnson radioed. Confirm, Lieutenant. We're off and running replied the general as the helicopter rose out of the jungle camp. Johnson was at a loss to explain the continuing rumble. He led his men down the stone stairway. They shined their lights around the corner, just in case the enforcers did not come up on the computer. But more tremors were rocking the courtyard. How much explosive was in that charge, Sergeant? He asked. Only enough for the chamber, sir. It should blow up the palace in about 20 minutes unless there is more down there. I hope not, he said as he moved forward with his gun in the air. He bounced from wall to wall, wielding his weapon outward as he searched for the enforcers. Quickly he rushed down to the trap doors, kicking open McGee's door. To his surprise, the cage was empty. He ordered his men to search all the other cages, but McGee and the Sinclair woman were gone. General, they aren't in their cages. Impossible, yelled Kellogg, high above the fields, zooming toward the palace. Unless the Ramdama has his own plan, get up to the courtyard and remain close to the staircase. We'll be setting down less than a minute. That bastard will have to answer to us. Understood, General. As they piled out of the lower area and into the courtyard, the helicopter was right over the field. The wind pushed against their faces as the mighty blades whirled swiftly overhead. Johnson had all the guns trained on the upper area, firing at anything that showed up on the computers. The helicopter landed and several men ran out ahead of Kellogg. The general, rifle on his shoulder, rushed over to Johnson. Any sign of McGee and the girl? Negative. Awaiting your orders, sir, said Johnson as the ground rumbled again. I thought I told you to use a low-level explosive. Just enough to knock out the power, said Kellogg, almost losing his balance. Well, he did. In the power chamber? Yes, sir. And kindly tell me what the hell is going on here with all this rumbling. I don't like it one damn bit. We should have them and be out of here right now. Oh, I'm sure he's damn sure of what we're doing now. McGee stepped out from one of the palace columns and looked down the courtyard to the waiting helicopter. To the waiting helicopter. He could see all the commandos gathered around. Very precociously, he stepped out over the bodies of several of the enforcers. He picked up their weapons and hurried back to Andy.
by the column. He handed her a weapon. What's going on here, McGee? Some kind of raid. Probably why they cut the power, he said as she adjusted the rifle. This is our chance to get out of here. You may be right, Annie. I only wish I know who they were. There's no designation on that chopper. But anything is better than doing time here with the Ram Dama. Agreed. You don't have to convince me, McGee. He moved out into the courtyard, pulling her along. Let's just move very slowly. There they are! shouted one of the men. Someone accidentally pulled the automatic rifle trigger. The weapon sounded loudly and McGee leaped on top of Annie. They crawled on their bellies behind the column. You damned idiot! Blasted Kellogg, knocking the man over. We're taking them alive! I'm sorry, General, it was an accident. Shut up! Everyone inside! Take them alive! Repeat, take them alive! Now hurry! McGee and Annie were already moving up the inner staircase as the commandos re-entered the palace. The underground explosions were shaking the building, and they could hear commandos below. McGee was at a loss as to where they should run. Why are they after us? I don't know. But I do know this place sounds like it's ready to go up, he said, pulling her to the right. As they neared the top floor, however, they stumbled as yet another explosion echoed all around. He soon realized as he moved to the right there was no escape. We could go out the dome, he reminded her, and get picked off by those maniacs below. What else can we do? asked McGee. They ran for the dome staircase. The opening was right in front of them, but Johnson, Kellogg, and the commandos emptied into the room. Hold it right there, McGee! shouted the general. Go ahead, shoot, get it over with! shouted McGee as he and Andy held on to each other. We're here to rescue you, you damned idiots! cried Kellogg through the rumblings. Rescue? Oh, yeah, sure! answered McGee. Johnson, get them the hell down here! he ordered. The lieutenant rushed up the small stairway with his rifle drawn. Hold on to your weapons, we may need them, said Johnson, motioning for them to go down. You really are rescuing us? smiled McGee as they moved downward. You almost blew it, McGee, snapped Kellogg. As they were about to move out, the Ram Dama's voice echoed around every part of the palace and Potrero Grande. You have betrayed me, insolent fools, all of you! But now the end is near. You and your ignorance have begun a chain reaction in areas you have no conception of. All the power chambers are affected. Other power chambers? Other power chambers? asked Kellogg. You have destroyed everything. Everything! You have no grasp of this world and the way it could be ordered. As he kept babbling, Kellogg motioned everyone down the staircase. I have no intention of going down with the likes of him, Kellogg shouted as they rounded the staircase onto the next floor. The chandelier in this corridor was swaying back and forth, plastering dust careening down from the ceiling. Hurry, hurry, warned the general. The end was coming. More explosions shook the palace. The chandelier crystals fell all over the bottom floor. They ran through and into the courtyard. Even a large painting of the Ram Damad smashed apart. But he kept speaking. Only I know the meaning of this life. Mine is the true word and belief everlasting. I alone will triumph. I will survive. I will rise from the ashes and rule forever. 
I've always said he was a goddamn madman, said Kellogg as he stood next to the helicopter ramp and waited for the others to get inside. Then he ran up the ramp, the chopper lifting off the ground before the door was closed. General, said Johnson as he joined Kellogg up front. The helicopter was now moving by the courtyard and above the palace. I don't understand what's going on here, he said nervously. Intelligence told us there was only one power chamber. Be grateful, Johnson, if this whole place does go up. We'll save us the trouble of leveling the rest of it ourselves. In the rear of the helicopter, Annie and McGee held each other closely as they looked out the chopper window. There were sparks and eruptions all over the landscape. Even the palace hill itself, far below the chopper, portions of the courtyard were blowing apart. And then, in an instantaneous flash, originating in the base of the temple, originating in the base of the temple, spread outward over the valley like a tidal wave. It traveled right up to the rim of the caldera, the debris washing up the side and then back down, as the whole valley sunk into deep depression, forming a massive, bright, and enveloping cloud that rose into a cataclysmic blast. It expanded outward from the caldera like smooth angel hair in the morning sun. I can't believe, said McGee softly as the pilot fought the intense shockwaves. I can't believe this is really happening. He looked over to Annie's bright and steel eyes. It's all over, sunshine. Annie could only smile. Annie could only smile. Her eyes red and tired from the ordeal. In the east, the sun was fully over the horizon on the snow-capped peaks and the clouds behind the remnants of what had been a respite called Petrero Grande had reached a maximum expansion and collapsed back into the caldera. The worldwide church had become a wasteland of dust and rubble, but the sun was shining brightly now, welcoming the end of the Ram Dhamma. Join us again next week for another adventurous episode of the Ram Dhamma's Kingdom, Who Is He Who Commands the Masses? Produced by Fitton Theatre of the Words.